0: This is Dai Zenshu EX, the podcast, episode one hundred ninety for the week of September thirteenth, two thousand nine. Welcome to Dai Zenshu EX,
1: the
2: podcast,
0: an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Dai Zenshu EX. I see you trying to get in there again, Jeff. We- yeah, you don't have
2: the text up on the screen. Jerk. Oh, I know. <laughs> Can you read this now? <laughs> we cover anything and... Everything! Thank
0: you, Dragon Ball, in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Welcome to uh, a live streaming edition of Dazen X The Podcast. It's great to have you all here. We're going to talk fun stuffage. Woo-hoo. Let me go around and introduce the folks we got here. Our regular, Mary. Hey! Hello, Mary.
3: Hey, uh, I'm a regular now. Wow! You're I'm a not even a proverbial regular, just a regular regular. You're just a host. Host with the most. Shall I say you're just a chippy? No, I'm not just a (laughs) chippy. All right.
0: Now that I know what it means...
2: She's more than just a chippy.
0: And uh, Jeff over here making himself comfy with pillows on my couch.
1: That's right. I'm trying to force my back to lean forward into this microphone. Ah, <laughs> oh, much better. <laughs>
0: How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. Good. Good of you to uh, join us here in our live recording. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it very much. No problem.
1: When are we going to get to manga, huh?
0: Is this manga episode? Is <laughs> this is, it, is, is, it, is not it? a manga episode. I'm totally throwing you off. Oh, okay, no. fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joining us for a regular topic... For the first time ever, because we've had a special interview and then a special 20 bazillion people on the show movie review. Now you're just here because I think you should be here and talk to us.
2: Mr. Scott Melzer. Hello, Michael and all. Hello. How you doing, dude? Hey, things are good. We're finally starting to be in recovery and that makes me happy.
0: (laughs) So I have gathered you all here today to talk about ethics. In fandom. It's going to be a little more general of a topic than we usually do on the show, but we're going to pull it back to Dragon Ball in every way that we can. We have a lot of very specific examples to talk about in ways it's related to us and also to the industry. and That's one of the reasons, Scott, you're here on the show. Now, you don't own an anime company or anything like that. You're not in charge of ADV, right? That's not your fault?
2: I'm not permitted to talk about this further. My lawyers have <laughs> decided that I can only speak about fandom side of things. Alright,
0: excellent. <laughs> However, You used to own a comic slash anime slash rental slash uh, wonderful fan nerddom store
2: Yeah, don't get the wrong idea about Slash (laughs)
3: <laughs> I'm sorry about that Slash yes. slash. Yes, store. I, I
2: owned a comic book store in Princeton, New Jersey Which also had a lot of games And probably the largest anime rental club uh, in the state
0: So you're going to join us from Certainly the retail side of things mm-hmm. When we get to that part But before we get there We have our usual stuffage We got some news And we got our topic Then we got uh, releases and emails Full-blown show for you First thing I want to mention In the stuffage I am all caught up on the donation item namings. So stay tuned. Toward the end of the show, we're going to name the rest of them and talk about uh, what you can do, how you can help if you are interested. Never any pressure. Uh, that's my stuff. So, anyone else? Dragon Ball, fun things, what's going on? Anyone? What you got? Mary? I was under the impression it was a slow week. It was a pretty slow week. It's so, been very slow. I have no stuff to contribute. You have no stuff to contribute. All right, then. Jeff, what stuff do you have?
1: Air
2: passing through my microphone
0: excellent all right scott your stuffage is it any more different from air passing through a microphone
2: uh no oddly enough because we're starting our uh, third fan parody really soon and there's quite a lot of dragon ball in the script <laughs> excellent look forward to that we'll talk about that at the end of the show though.
3: yes it could be the stuff to plug
2: it will be the stuff to plug i all like right. plugging things
0: <laughs> with all that out of the way let's hit some news So it's been a pretty slow week, but uh, I'm catching up on some things we missed, and then there's really only one story from the actual last week. This one's been cropping up in bits and pieces, and now we have a release date and photos and stuff. Dragon Ball Online, the MMO, coming out primarily in Korea, then eventually Japan, and we don't know about the rest of the world. We've had little bits of information, then it goes silent for you know, half a year at a time, but now we have all sorts of new official promos and gameplay videos and all sorts of stuff. For those of you here in the studio, I have a couple shots up on the screen. Mary, upper leftmost, do you recognize what that is?
3: Um, the house kind of looks like Boo's house. It is indeed. But the outside part doesn't look like anything... I've seen before. Yeah, it looks like maybe they've built a town like around an it, area around and now it. there's vegetation. Exactly. So that's pretty neat.
0: Uh the next shot we have over here is Shenlong being summoned from a video, so you'll be able to gather the dragon balls in some capacity. I'm
3: looking at the menu at the bottom of that. That it's oh, yeah. very intimidating.
0: Very intimidating. Uh let me go around. Jeff, you've played a little while, right?
1: Uh that is very much a wow thing right there.
0: Okay. I have no idea what's going on, Mary. I know you have zero familiarity, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. I tried to play, I forget what the name of it was, but it was an MMO based on Journey to the West that I got a beta key for because it was based on Journey to the West. Played it for about five minutes, had no idea what all the various icons and stuff were, so I deleted it. Scott, have you ever played an MMO before? Is this
2: the new Dragon Quest game? (laughs) Alas, no. No. Yeah, i played several MMOs, and I've actually decided I never want to play another one again, just because they're very immersive, and my personality would be I must play it constantly. Same goes. Uh, yeah, I love the idea, but I kind of prefer to get my role playing live. Gotcha. So Dragon Ball Online, not up your alley? Uh, We're going to take it back to girls. If uh, there are lots of great girls in it, then I'll go.
3: All right, then. Next shot here, it's a little difficult to see, but in this the... It's like a neon number two from where I'm sitting. I a can't neon tell neon what... number two? I really can't see what it is. From all there. right, let me explain to you <laughs> it's what it capsule, is. Is it a pod?
2: It? It's our pod. Oh, oh it is. I was looking it's at
3: the pod. lighting all weird.
0: Okay. With baby Goku in it, the gameplay oh. video is you pick him up and bring him over to Grandpa Gohan. So you're clearly going very far back in the Dragon Ball timeline and uh, interacting with and affecting things there. And then the next shot over is a little higher production screen there with a couple characters. And the one on the right, that is clearly someone in Super Saiyajin form. Now, as far as we know, the only races I think are Human, Namekian, and Majin. They've said nothing about any Saiyajin other than the, the actual characters from the show. So have humans and Saiyajin bred so much that there's blood all throughout the world? We don't know what's going on. So this will be pretty interesting. Next thing here, official art showing that the game supposedly comes out this month in Korea. Now, it's been in beta for a while, but whether or not this is the full-blown release, there's not a whole lot of info, and even the image itself when you translate the Korean doesn't say a whole lot. But that's what's going on with it. Uh, other pictures have shown giant Namekians... Uh, like we said, the Super Saiyan, even Evil Boo alongside the uh, new Majin beings. So that is uh, the new Dragon Ball Online stuffage in a nutshell. Mary, you got any thoughts on it now that you've seen these new things?
3: I might consider playing it if the menus didn't look so intimidating. And like you guys have said, I'm worried about getting obsessed about this game yeah absolutely jeff how about you? Do you have any interest in getting back into an mmo here
1: kind of interested i don't know it just looks exactly the same as wow and um just as long as it doesn't cost too much i guess i mean we all know anything about how much they're charging for this thing right
0: or if it's even coming to american shores
1: sure enough well maple but- story eventually did so you never that's know that's pretty big yeah
0: All right then, that is the Dragon Ball Online news. Next thing we have here, another thing I'm catching up on, Dragon Ball Kai, more voice replacements. We've had a few along the way. We talked about a bunch of them from the Saiyajin arc just a couple episodes ago with Heath and Corey.
3: This is becoming way too uh, much of a trend.
0: Yes, it is. So now the entirety of Ginyu Tok Sentai, all five members, their voices are entirely new for Dragon Ball Kai. First up, let's go through them. Ginyu himself is going to be played by Katsuyuki Konishi, who uh, played Kamina in Gurren Lagan. So Mary, you and I are most recently familiar with that role. That's going to be Ginyu. He's going to be replacing Hideyuki Hori. Uh, as far as I can tell, that was his only role in the series, was Ginyu. Next up, Jis is going to be played by Daisuke Kishio, who uh, will be replacing Kazumi Tanaka in DBZ. He also did a lot of other minor characters, so a new role. Raccoon, this is something we talked a little bit about. Seiji Sasaki is going to play him in Kai, replacing Kenji Utsumi, who plays Shenlong, who has come back to play Shenlong in Kai. So it's weird that he's come back to do one character, but not another character that he did at the same time. Uh, he also did uh, Commander Red and a bunch of other minor characters. Next up, Gurudo. He's going to be played by Yasuhiro Takato uh who is gluttony in full metal alchemist, trying to pick out a couple you know major roles from him. He also did a ton of folks in One Piece and Mary Artemis in Sailor Moon. So this is a role that goes pretty far back for us. Interesting. Going to be replacing Kozo Shioya. Here's a really big one. This guy also played Majin Buu. So if the voice actor for Majin Buu is not coming back to play this minor character in Kai, does that mean he's not going to come back at all to play one of the major villains? Now you could say Buu's voice isn't quite as notable as Frieza's or Cell's. He did a lot of yelping here and there, but he was a big character in the series. Jeff, let me go over to you. Mm -hmm. As someone who doesn't have a whole lot of familiarity with the TV version of the series, and what you do is kind of like the end of the Cell arc... Pretty much. Do you have any cares about what's going on with all these voice replacements for Ginyu?
1: Um, considering that I don't have too much um, attachment to any of the Japanese voice actors, uh, it's not really doing much for Wouldn't me. Wouldn't
0: really matter for you. No, but
1: I'm just sort of concerned. I mean, th- now these are characters that haven't even showed up in the series yet, right?
0: Right, they will be showing up. They, okay. they just got to Namek. They're doing kind of that early stuff right now. So
1: it's not like they're being replaced mid-season? No, 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 no. It's just that from the original show. ahead
0: of time that when we get to these characters, they will be performed by these new Say you.
1: You know, I really wonder if they're auditioning them to see if their voice stands out after 20 years. Like, if they, if they notice the difference between the voices and if it's just too different, they hire new people. Well,
0: it's weird because we've been having video games all these years and they've come back to do the video games. Oh, sure.
1: Well, I mean, they sound older, but yeah, maybe yeah. they're expecting like a higher type of quality for this release because it might be the first time a lot of people are seeing this.
0: Coming back and doing stuff for a while. Yeah. yeah.
3: How much of it do you think is scheduling conflicts or do you think a it lot of these be. old people might have time on their hands? It
0: very much could be. could be scheduling. Scott, let me ask you. You well, know about Dragon Ball Kai, because I know you've been listening to the show here and mm-hmm. there. So, do you care, have any preference on some of these performances?
2: Well, I just have one question for you, Mike. Sure. Isn't it true that Buta is uh, being replaced by Masaya Onasaka, who was Jedi in Sailor Moon, who's replacing Yukimasa Kishino? Oh, thank you. Did I skip a character? Yes, you did. Yeah, I'm not reading that off a prompter. <laughs> oh, that's right, Vata.
0: Um, he's fast.
2: Well, I'm still reeling from the concept of why Kai exists in the first place.
0: Yes, yes.
2: So just the whole idea that they're replacing this voice or that voice or the other voice, I'm still at a loss as to why they need to replace the voices at all. And yeah. why can't they just use the the original sounds? I mean, perhaps they're not up to current broadcast quality. or, right, or right. I mean, believe me, I know technical issues why you can't <laughs> reuse yeah, sounds. Yeah, Absolutely. So I'm just kind of curious as to as to why this is happening, because it seems an awful lot to go through and very expensive. That's what
1: I agree with, yeah.
2: Yeah, like it just really, really seems to – how does this make sense? Is Japan's market entirely different? Is the rest of the world's market entirely different?
0: Right, right. It, it's tough because we don't know how much does it cost to do Kai versus how much would it cost to just do a new version of the series. hmm and now that we're getting so far in the making so many replacements, so many censorings, a lot of people are finally coming around to, they should have just done it from scratch in the first place. That Did would have been so much more extent?
3: awesome and I think much more marketable than, yeah, here's a re-hacked up version of the show.
0: Scott, I know you dip back further in anime fandom than mm-hmm. us, so you've seen a lot more over the years. Have there been any examples other than maybe you know movie versions of a show? Can you think of any other precedents for something like
2: Kai? I've never seen anything done to this degree. Usually what you'll see is you know a digital cleanup and things like that, of, of course. Yeah, but yeah. You'll even see things like, um, unfortunately, you'll have way, way old masters for some things. Oh, like, right. I'm going back to Dirty Pair, mm-hmm. stuff like that. What would usually happen is if there's enough interest, they'll do a new version of the show. Right. So that's right. where you had uh, Flash was very popular. You had Cutie Honey Flash, Dirty Pair Flash, Nuka Nuku Flash, you know, stuff like that. That's where they took the old characters and came up with a completely new show. So I'm kind of stunned that if they're already doing all of this work, why aren't they just doing a, a brand new Dragon Ball Z, Q, F, A-X, whatever show?
0: We, we kind of said this when we were talking with Corey, and he, they still could have called it Kai. It would just be something new mm-hmm the, the further we get into this the more irrelevant it's seeming to at least to us here
2: i was interested for about the first 10 minutes when you guys were talking about it by the end of the show i was like i'm not going to bother watching this
0: no okay all right let's leave that behind the uh, only other news i got for you these uh Viz kids chapter books we've been talking about them a little bit i know we mentioned there's an interview with the editor we have cover art and release dates for the next four volumes so Volume 5 is coming out in November and then every two months after that. One thing we have said with these is we love the cover art. I'm really digging this cover art for Volume 5 here with a uh, Goku and the moon behind him. It's a nice looking color manga-ish shot. Thoughts from anyone? Five bucks a pop. Goku sees moon. Goku turns big. Big fonts. See Goku run. See Goku run. Goku <laughs> jumps over the lazy brown fox. What is it? <laughs> All right, are we done with the news. Uh, pictures are pretty. All right, pictures are pretty. With the news out of the way, let's turn it over to our topic. All right, folks, we are here to talk about fandom and ethics in it. We're going to take it back to VHS fan subs and all the way through today because we have. We're going to talk about Kai. Obviously, it is the only modern example of something in Dragon Ball's release that has RAWs and DigiSubs available the next day. we'll explain how this all came to be. But we're going to take it back, like I said, to VHS fan subs. We're going to go through the style of releases we've had over the years. I know we've talked about this uh, a bit in the past, but we always have new people coming in. Some of them don't even know that this is how it used to be. Mary, in your case, you would drive down to your local flea market. Oh, yes. The There'd Route 18 be-
3: Flea Market, which apparently no longer exists. Yeah, what? Hat. Yeah. No. Aww. I've been on Route 18 twice in the last Month and I keep failing to look. It's still and See it not existing? Is it? Is it?
2: Well, really? the building's still there. I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. know. I, I, oh, I haven't Weimar been inside guitar. there. I doubt it's next it's, still around. It's next to Sam's Club. Right.
3: Right. Nonetheless, yes. My uh, Dragon Ball tapes for fifteen dollars back in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you would go down to a store. And it was obviously a store full of bootlegs, but you would give them money and you would get. VHS tapes.
3: Which may or may not have actual visual (laughs) things for me to look at. You may not hear it. You may not see it. but In which case, I would go back and they would be happy to replace it. They were cool like that. But you would buy tapes of
0: Dragon Ball Z episodes that have been recorded off of Japanese television and subtitled by fans all through hardware. Nothing like we have today where it's all done digitally. Now, other ways you could do it. Or the fan subbers themselves would do things like tape trades, or you could do self-addressed stamped envelope. People don't even know what that is anymore. S-A-S-E. You would buy your own videotapes. You would put them in a box or an envelope or something. You would pay to have that envelope shipped to you ahead of time. You would then put this in a larger box or envelope and send it to them so that they could copy the tapes and send it back to you. This almost makes no sense these days where you just click a torrent file and a couple of minutes later, you magically have an episode. You had to wait. There was a time difference.
3: I think the old way is more magical. Yeah, yeah it was more I, like, ta- I mean, I didn't do the training thing, but I can imagine it would be very fun waiting for your mail to arrive. It was
1: awesome. Right.
3: So we did this. All sorts of different ways to get these tapes. This is how it was. Now, for Dragon Ball specifically,
0: obviously, this began pre-Funimation. I believe Funimation began as a company in 94. They started the original Dragon Ball in 95. They did the 13 episodes. Then Z started in 96, and it's been that way ever since. So subs started before then, and these VHS fansubs, they continued with new releases of things like GT right up through Funimation Season's 1 and 2 from 96 to 99. Actually, the
3: the first couple episodes of GT were some of my first fan subs ever. There we go. Because, you know, Dragon Ball Z had just started here, so I was like, okay, well, I'll see this stuff eventually. But Dragon Ball GT, oh my god, this stuff is so fresh. That's right. So actually, I think I misquoted myself. I think I probably started getting fan subs in 97 or 98. Around that time period.
0: But what I really want to stress here is that these continued alongside Funimation's releases while the series was being released here on television, video releases. Now, to be fair, at this time, all we had were the dub-only, censored-only releases of the show. This is something we're going to get to. The next thing we had, digital distribution of VHS fan subs. Before they really started getting heavy with digitally subbing right on their computer, what they would do would be to capture the VHS fan subs and distribute those as digital files.
3: Like real video files.
0: Real video files were huge. One of the big groups I want to mention is Super Fun. They started uh, by capturing other groups as fan subs, I believe. It's very hazy to me because this is at least 10 years ago. But I remember Super 5, one of the big things they did is they switched over and started subbing GT episodes that other groups had not done. This is weird for back then because they wouldn't sub things sequentially. Remember, all of us have gone and purchased three random episodes in the Cell arc and 15 random episodes in the Boo arc. We may or may not have known what we were going to buy when we went to the store. It's
3: kind of interesting that we were cool with that. Yeah. Especially yeah. with a show like Dragon Ball Watch where totally it's out of just order. so long and yeah, watching it out of order just seemed perfectly normal for back then. And do you think that could be
0: because the series was so long, there was just so much of it. Scott, when you were getting more compact shows were you more likely to get the entirety early sequential stuff?
2: Oh yeah. In a lot of fan sub groups actually, you could order, say, tapes one through. Very, oh, okay. very early on, you would have a tape that would have, say, episode six of something, episode thirteen of a different show, episode <laughs> five of a third show. Right. But later on you would get, you know, Neon Genesis Evangelion one through five. Gotcha. Six through ten. Right. And uh you'd also start to see anime music videos tacked on the end, or yeah, if a group did little you know, little fan parody stuff at the end. So a tape was usually a wide variety of different things. So if you had one episode you wanted to get, you're gonna get an hour and a half of other random stuff.
0: One of the first ones I did that with were I went to the suburb themselves and got the sequential release was Flame of Recca, where I got the entirety beginning to end uh, from the same source, same subs consistent. And that was crazy to me, coming from Dragon Ball, where there was the NGN broadcast, there was Cenosaur, there was E-Monsoon, there was Anime Labs, there was so many different groups. It's almost like you have today with a popular show, where for notoriety, it seems, tons of different groups will sub it just to get it out there as fast as they can. It was kind of like that back then, but I don't think they were too concerned with speed, just because of the, the lag time. But they could have done it. I'm not entirely sure.
2: Well, I saw something very interesting where there. I saw a fan sub of something called Dragon Ball Z Super Android 17. And it was these new episodes of Dragon Ball Z that had this, I mean, 17, you know, I I thought he was destroyed. But there he was in hell. So, (laughs) you know, it was clearly, I mean, later on, I would find out, oh, that was GT. Right, right. But it was packaged by... By the, uh, not the fan subbers so much, but as the pirates, yes, the people yes. who were selling them in the stores. Mm-hmm. And they very clearly had a Dragon Ball Z sticker on it, and Absolutely. under it, it said, you know, new episodes. Super so Android Seventeen.
0: That reminds me, Mary, of some of the things you got, where it would be a photocopy of the movie Twelve cover.
3: Oh yeah, I wish I had one on up it here. Would be like
0: Death of Chibi Boo,
3: yes. Or something.
0: The yeah. packaging was. I don't want to say non-existent, but it was.
3: Some were actually really nice, and some. Some of them were. Some are exactly like you described, like a photocopyed on pink paper picture of. Gogeta, and all, the label was like Chibi Boo Saga,
2: or right, or right. Like that. Oh, if your morals are so low as to steal stuff and resell <laughs> what do them, you care, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, is is color photocopying above or below that? Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> good point. And if you got color photocopies, I mean, that was an extra. You buck were the right shit. There. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that cost you an extra four cents, kid.
0: That's right. All right, let's take you to a slightly more modern: the bootlegging and the ripping group. Sure, we have digi subs of things, but there is a huge. I'm going to call it an epidemic. There aren't just subs of unreleased shows that are out there. I mean, I may not talk a lot about this kind of stuff. But I'm well aware of the things that go on out there. There are groups that have ripped the Dragon Box footage along with the audio and have made Matroska files with dual audio rips of Funimation's English dub muxed with the Dragon Box Masters. This stuff is out there. It's relatively easy to find if you know how to use a search engine. Not that I'm condoning it. I think you should do it. And I know the companies are well aware of this stuff. But this is going on. I mean, there are custom sub-DVDs. It's Pretty crazy, the things that are out there, not just for Dragon Ball, but with all sorts of shows. But that brings us to Kai. As I said, it's the only modern example we've had with a Dragon Ball release with DigiSubs and Raws. Now, obviously, we're watching Kai. Well, we have been up to a point. I yeah, we kind of stopped watching about it in, six weeks ago. I think it's six weeks right now. We're downloading the Raws. I'll, I'll come out and say it. We're, we're downloading the Raws of the show. Well, There's, the first episode we watched this true. we did watch the first one live. There's no other way to watch it. Now, sure, we could pull the while well, we run, you know, the site and it's our duty to talk about this stuff. You can use that excuse. I would never rely on that. I mean, we'll flat out come and say, yes, we're downloading the Raws and watching them. Personally, I'm not downloading any subtitled versions of it. Part of that is I don't want to support the groups that are doing that and maybe preventing an American release whatever. A lot of it's
3: also we've seen these episodes so many times. I don't we, need to see it. We, we know what's going on.
0: Right. It's just not necessary for me. And I don't want any of their, and I know there are terrible translations. I've seen people whine on and on about how terrible they are out there. Uh, I don't want any of them influencing what I may think about the show. Like you're saying, we've watched it enough. We know what they're saying out there. So that's Kai. I mean, within hours, the Raw is online. And within a day, the subs are online. First time we've ever had this. Mary, how do you feel about that? Now that it's, it's Dragon Ball. because- Now that it affects us.
3: Because my first fan subs ever were Dragon Ball, and now we're in an era where it's just so instantaneous that I can't even picture- that I mean, clearly it's happening, so it's there. But I'm coming from a time when I would go to the flea market and get a tapes. So yeah, and it's only been uh, a little over a decade, and it's such a huge difference. Oh, it's changed so much. But you brought up a good point that you know you you don't want to download fan subs because you don't want to prevent a future release, and I think that's a, a great point to bring up. Yeah, whether or not it actually is true or makes sense, I'm or sure it will anything. come out because it is Dragon Ball, and yeah. it's. A, you know, it barfs money. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeff, let me ask you: What are your feelings? And we're going to get into more detail with some of these things, with uh, past perspectives and stuff. But Dragon Ball Kai, coming from someone who doesn't own the TV series, you're you're kind of the manga guy for us right now. Yeah, so you want to see the faster version of the show.
1: Yeah, because I don't have time for the original version.
0: What have you watched of Kai? Have you downloaded it? Are you interested Mm-mm. what?
1: No, I, I haven't really been that interested in just going and downloading the new episodes because I just know that it's already been done previously. Mm-hmm. It's not all new material, so I'm not going to go put out the effort to get the new stuff for Kai. But, right. like, I mean, a new series I feel less uh, um, less guilt about, I guess you could say. But, I don't know, I just don't feel inclined to do anything with Kai. I mean, it it doesn't really need any more supporters. <laughs> Needless to say.
0: Scott, let me ask you briefly, because we're going to get a very different perspective, but you've already said you don't have a whole lot of interest in Kai. Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to go out there and bother checking it out.
2: No, and most of the reason that I I believe that I'm here tonight is to talk about the business side of things right? and you know the business ethics things, so a lot of the stuff that I would say there are actually more appropriate for later, so we'll get back to that.
0: All right. Then let me stick with you for something else then. Okay. As I saw your face when we were talking about uh, Funimation was already releasing here and people continued to sub the show. Past perspectives, the unwritten rules. What did you do when a series was licensed? Not recently, but back in the early days of your anime fandom. What was the rule back then?
2: Well, the first thing is, if I can go back even before fan subs. Sure, sure. The very first stuff that came out, we're talking about 1983, 1984, as my memory and I know is before that, is you would actually get... Copies of shows that were I, I know you know, fifth, yep. fifth, tenth generation, raw, raw, yep. you know, nothing. And what you would have is either you would show these at a like an anime club, and somebody up front would be explaining what's happening, or you would get. Plot synopses that were published in fan magazines. So on the one hand, you can say, "Well, was the uh, was the synopsis some sort of a copyright violation?" Whether or not it was, maybe it's the same thing as a review. You right, could possibly right. get away with that. But you were still copying the tape. Whether or not you're adding a subtitle to it, oh yeah, absolutely doesn't change the simple fact that copyrights are international. I mean, this was still they're still doing it. It was pre DMCA,
0: mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you were
2: still copying something, right? So, but a lot of people felt like you know, no one going to care. It's kind of like, is it okay to speed doing 85 miles an hour if there aren't any cops on the road? Right. And that was the idea. You know, it's coming from Japan. This will never get... I mean, the the concept of this stuff being released and brought over, no one in their wildest dreams imagined we would see anything more recent than five years old. Right, right. Never did. So it was an entirely different ethical question at the time. No one was even thinking is this ethical because it was clearly a non-issue. Right, right. But then shortly after when stuff started to get released... That's when people started to wonder, hey, wait a minute, is this affecting anything? Well, of course it isn't. You know, it's just small. It's just us. But if I, if I can go back to Schoolhouse Rock, um, <laughs> if you remember the, remember the episode, If Every Kid Did It, you know, the one where like every kid, like kids are walking around just throwing like a piece of trash on the ground. Well, one little piece of trash doesn't make a sure, difference. Sure. But so, you know, if everyone does one thing, it clearly has a big, a big impact. Right. Well, now look what happened. Thousands and thousands of people bought anime. Now you can walk down the street and you can buy it. Likewise, thousands of people are downloading anime instead of, instead of buying it. Miyazaki's come right out and saying, you guys are killing the industry. Please stop doing this. Please and if stop, you respect yeah. anyone, anyone in animation, <laughs> it's going to be Miyazaki.
0: Let's go over to the fan subbers then. Obviously there were fan subbers back then who didn't play by the rules, but it seems a lot more prevalent now. But back then, what I interpreted as the golden rule was when a series gets licensed, the fan subbers say, Alright. We are done. We are no longer distributing it. We feel we've done our job to promote the show. We are happy that the show has been licensed and we'll see a full quality domestic release.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of gray area. I mean, clearly on the one side, I've never downloaded it. I've never seen it. I've never anything. It came out. I buy it. That's all the way on the one side. On Mm -hmm. the other side is I don't give a crap who I'm hurting. I'm going to steal this from someone's grandmother and beat them up and go (laughs) home, watch it over and over again, bootleg copies, and sell it to other people. Right. So... Everyone understands that 90% of what we're talking about is in the gray, and you kind of decide how far to one end you want to be or the other. Sure, sure. Right. So most people had decided that, okay, we're not really sure if what we're doing is right or wrong or whatever, but that's the line we don't cross. Gotcha. So most people took that, and all the fan servers, they understood, you could rationalize this stuff as – well, we're helping to promote the show. This show would never have come over if it wasn't for fans. You know,
0: anime companies came out and said mm-hmm. plenty of times, and even recently still, they'll look to, oh, what's the big downloaded show? Is this going to be popular? Can, can we use this? They'll yep. use that as a gauge almost of if we brought it over, if we brought it over, would it sell based on how many people appear to like it?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of gray. And honestly, and you can argue either way. You can argue anything. That's why we're still talking about this. 30 years after it's oh, after absolutely. it started. But that's why. But then when you start taking a taking a good look at what did companies do? Uh, I remember some of what we were talking about before was stuff like Kimagora Orange Road. Mm-hmm. Companies were saying, uh, I forget who that was, it was it anime ago. I think it was anime ago. Uh,
0: yeah. I
2: believe they said, "Well, we could buy this, but we don't want to because we feel this is a niche show and everybody who wanted to wants Already to own it." The subs, yep. Yeah, they they've got it on tape. So they decide they're not going they're not going to release it. Well, a couple of fans got together and said, well, what if we were to sign a petition? I'm like, well, petition's great, but, you know, uh, the petitions don't pay the bills. Right. So then they said, well, what if you had pre-orders and people had to pre-order this? Mm -hmm. So they needed, I believe it was 1,500 copies pre-ordered. Right. took them a while. They got it Mm. and it got printed and it came out.
3: Was this for the DVDs or the VHSs?
2: Oh, this is VHS and Laserdisc. VHS and Laserdisc, yeah. Yeah, way, way back.
3: I'm trying to remember if they did the the petition thing when they eventually released the the DVDs. DVDs.
2: I think they already they are well they they had already bought the license so it was a matter of do, how do we re-release it at that right. at that point but um that was a, that was a show that it was a niche show that they felt there's no purpose in bringing any of this out.
0: Speaking of petitions, we've had two notable petitions for Dragon Ball. One of which maybe didn't do anything. One of which uh, kind of landed someone a job and got a subtitle DBZ. First one was Greg Warner with the Ultimate DBZ Info site. Uh, we've been saying we got to get Greg on the show. He started doing his site a year before me i mean he goes back to uh between generations one and two almost it seems of uh, the old site owners he had a big petition on his site i'm sure i signed it which was uh, he had a lot of go tanks flipping the finger funimation it was that kind of attitude for a petition so whether or not it actually accomplished anything probably not but there was another one coordinated
3: wait what was the petition for
0: Give us the show Uncensored. Subtitles. Oh, okay, okay,
3: just right. Uncensored.
0: The other notable petition was coordinated by the folks at Toriyama.org, which consisted of Wu Ken, who rang uh, Su Sinshu, uh the Duck, uh, Steve Simmons, who does the subtitles for Funimation Now, And there may have been someone else. I can't remember who who all was involved there. The Duck coordinated this, and they basically submitted a real proposal to Funimation. This was different from the shitty online petition. Here's a list of names. We have this guy, Steve, who will do the translations... And will time out the subtitles so we can get the show released. Whether or not that really helped, were they considering doing this anyway around that time period? Look where we are now. Steve has subbed the entirety of DBZ. We have tons of releases of the show, continuously re-released. Obviously, it made some impact on Funimation because Steve got hired. I mean, he's subbing most of the shows Funimation puts out. Mary, you've seen quite a few Funimation things recently. Is Steve right, I'm actually watching
3: credits? one right now, and I keep forgetting to check the credits to see if it's him. But <laughs> right. judging by the style of the subs, it seems like a, a Steve job.
0: We almost know when it's Steve now, because there is someone else, Clyde Mandolin, who goes by Tomato, I think it is. He's very heavily involved in the Earthbound community. Uh, he did the original Dragon Ball TV series. And when we had Steve on the show, we talked about this. Steve was starting to do too much stuff for Funimation. They needed extra help. So they brought Clyde on board as well. So here's the situation. Funimation is actively subtitling the Japanese version of the show, releasing it. We're about 99 here. And this is uh, later on my outline, but I think it's worth bringing up now. Funimation in 1999 sent out cease and desist letters to fan subbers that were continuing to sub and release the series. VHS fan subs. And we actually have an image, uh, a scan of the one they sent to Censor video. So I'm going to load this up and read a couple choice quotes from it.
2: Hey, one thing you got to remember is that businesses are businesses but they still react like people if you yell at a person they're going to get defensive they're going to dig sure. their heels in and businesses are honestly they're in business they're they're there to make money so if you want to do a petition or you want to get upset at at, uh, at a business Make sure you're giving them a way to save face. Make sure that you're giving them a proposal that's going to benefit them. And make sure that you're actually uh, saying it in a way that a person would like to respond to. Let me read a quote from this letter here.
0: It has come to my attention that you may be trading in DBZ videos through the Internet. The videos that are being marketed, traded, sold, or enlarged are videos that are, as yet, unavailable in the United States. The fact that such products are presently unavailable does not affect the protection afforded the trademarks and Copyrights under the license rights. Busaiga is not out. Doesn't mean you can distribute Busaiga fan subs. Mm-hmm. That's really where they were at this point. And they sent him out to all the fan subs. This is the image we happen to have of this one letter. But this is the first case where Funimation kind of took a stand. And there was a. Big backlash against them at the time, which is crazy to think now as we have the entire series in a bazillion different formats. But Funimation was the four kids of the industry for uh, a while back then.
3: Yeah, it's almost incredible to think where they're at now, where they're the leader and doing a pretty bang-up job. Absolutely. They, they I think a lot of industry. that is listening yeah, they to are the, the fans.
0: <laughs> Scott, let's take it back again. Okay. Conventions. Mm -hmm. This is all, up until now, been in the privacy of our own homes. Maybe we have an anime club or something. It's still a relatively small group of people. But with conventions... This is actually the first time you saw Dragon Ball Z, right?
2: Well, the first time that I believe that I saw Dragon Ball Z, because I know I'd heard of it before, and I went into that room uh, to to watch one of the movies out of curiosity. So somewhere, I I, I, yeah, I had an idea, and I thought, oh, this is a really huge show. Let me check this out. But I don't know where that came from. But yeah, at conventions, that's when you started to see a lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally have seen. You wouldn't have been exposed to either. Uh, but got to remember that conventions back then were basically large anime clubs. They right, weren't right. 25,000 people. The very first Oticon had 300 people, including staff. <laughs> wow. Right. So basically... That's the size
0: of a video room now.
2: Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's what I was just about to say. And we drove all the way out to State College, Pennsylvania, which was about a five-hour drive because the next closest was in Texas.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. So that's really where it was. Now, at that time, we still did not have the concept that any of this stuff would really ever get, you know, released So the thought that any of this stuff was any sort of, you know, a breach of any existing contract or even any future contract was really quite foreign. So you would see this stuff half the time completely raw, Mm -hmm. and the other half the time you were passing out from how bad the room smelled that you (laughs) didn't even notice whether there were subtitles or not. Fanboy Funk goes back far as again. There was definitely no dubbing going on at all. You didn't even have a Right, right. There were such things as fan dubs, and they weren't uh, parodies. They were just – fans would get a hold of a script, a subtitle script, Mm -hmm. and they would make their own versions of them. But you never saw those at conventions, at least not as far as I know.
0: The screenings then – did they have the scripts and were, were people reading along? How did this change? I mean, let's stick with just Oticon. I mean, we've talked to Oticon mm-hmm. extensively today. It's basically all we play are dubs, and sometimes we show some sub stuff. So, mm-hmm. how did you see it change over the years?
2: Well, I've never seen the somebody standing in the front of the room and reading at a convention. Okay, that was only I've only ever seen that at. Uh, I'm not saying it never happened. Mm-hmm. But especially really, really small conventions, which were essentially larger anime clubs, right. especially if a club sponsored it, mm-hmm. they would tend to just do a larger version of their whatever they did at their at their meetings. But what you would see is a lot of times, somebody would stand up in the front and say, "Well, we're very sorry. There's no subtitles on this. There's nothing. It's going to be raw. Right. Um, here's the basic gist. Here's the you know the starting premise, and then that's it. That's all you would see." Now, how things have changed over time is they went from a couple of raw things with a little explanation in the beginning to all fan subs for years, yeah, and then a couple of things coming out dubbed. One thing you have to remember, if something's coming out dubbed, then they got permission of, right, right. of the company. So you're making a big jump there from we're a small, tiny fan thing way off to the side, please don't notice us, too. We're actively going out and trying to get not only permission, but some sort of special treatment. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll show your stuff send us DVDs of stuff that hasn't, or tapes for a right, long time, right. of stuff that hadn't come out. Now, I ran a a rental store. One of the things that I can tell you is that a lot of times companies would send me preview versions of things. They would send me trailers. Down mm-hmm. at the bottom, it would say not for sale or right. preview only, maybe flash on the screen every once in a while. Uh, conventions were trying to get stuff like that. Mm. You know, before something was released as a promotional item. But eventually, you started to have these companies saying, well, wait a minute, 20% of what you're showing is promotional stuff from legitimate companies, but the other 80% is fan subs. Mm -hmm. You got to make a choice. And the problem was, is if you chose not to, and you had 25,000 people coming... (laughs) Yeah, you got a problem. Mm -hmm. So, at a certain point, because it's not necessarily that conventions changed, but the entire world changed. It's true. Everything changed around them. You got to look at it holistically. You know, the world back then was that's how things were done, not just because that's what was there, but that was perception. That was the interest. There was no concept that these could ever be picked up. And honestly, nobody cared.
0: I want to take it over to your store. And we're going to relate this to Dragon Ball in a few ways and as much as possible. Let me ask you, what kind of Dragon Ball merchandise in general, I know it's primarily videos, and mm-hmm. I guess we'll stick with that. What did you have there for Dragon Ball?
2: Well, I started picking up the taste because I liked what I saw and I thought, you know, I have a very, very, uh, you know, if I liked it, other people will like it kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. So I liked the show. Um, I picked up. All of the original run, you know, the original 13 episodes, mm-hmm. and then when they started releasing them, I know, oh, this is what's on TV, this is hot, started picking them up. Uh, so I had the dubbed as seen on TV taped episodes all the way up through mid-range of the Frieza saga right. when they started to then release them subtitled. Now, as soon as they started to release them subtitled, I had, I had a, a problem.
0: Well, that's right, because this is also the DVD boom as well. For Dragon Ball, it was dub only on VHS,
2: Mm -hmm. or you could get the DVDs which had both. And you could also get it subtitled on tape. No, you can just really just the, really? Movie, just the uh, oh, okay. first yeah, three right. movies, some of the movies. But I remember mm-hmm. having to make that decision. Okay. Now, am I going to pay more for this? And I looked at well, who's renting it? And it was mm-hmm. mostly kids. Mm-hmm. So as much as it pained me, I didn't want to get the subtitled because first off, remember subtitles cost more, cost That's a right. couple of bucks more. That's right. And yeah, uh, you know, the second thing is, is I'm looking and saying who's renting it, and it's kids because they saw it on TV. Mm-hmm. So the downside was I had to get the I had to get the dubs. There were really only tapes at the time. DVDs hadn't taken off to the point where it made. Sense for me to start getting them for the store, right? You know, for rental. Now, if somebody wanted to pre-order them and buy them, that was no problem. Of course, you'd get whatever you want, right? So, but that's that's why when the uh, DVDs came out with subs and dubs on the same thing, I thought, oh, thank. God, the divorce is over. Mom and dad got back <laughs> together
0: again. You told me a little bit about the demographics. I want to know, what were they saying about the show, if anything? Did you get any feedback after they would rent it?
2: Uh, not really. The, the big frustration was that you only got a couple of episodes on a tape. Yeah. You know, It's the same thing we all felt for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and honestly, as much as I love Dragon Ball, it really deserves the, uh, wow, I watched the whole tape, not much happened. Mm-hmm. Like when you saw when you saw like three or when you got four episodes on a tape, that was like the month where you get three paychecks instead of two. You know, <laughs> right, it was exciting. Right. So a lot of times people would come back and they were just like, well, I'm hooked on the show. I'm just taking out the next thing to see where it goes. Gotcha. So it wasn't like people were really super excited. Like, oh, I love this episode. Oh, I love this. That's what I'm taking out. This was all kids who hadn't seen it or maybe they missed an episode. Gotcha. OK. You know, they they weren't watching it or it used to be on at five. Then they could watch it. Now it's on when they're getting home from school, right. so now they're going to fill in the gaps. Okay. You know, honestly, it was it was pretty lukewarm, the, uh, the 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 feelings. People were more into what they've never seen before. That's like Ava before it hit, right. you know, before it came out on any sort of TV. Interesting. Any of that stuff. Dragon Ball was more of like a staple that everyone knew, but occasionally someone would rent. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I wish it was a lot more popular, but it really wasn't. Huh. All right. The other stuff I carried was a couple of CDs. You know, I got a couple of soundtracks. Okay. But I could really only get the stuff that was leased in the U.S. The other stuff was like $45 a disc by the time I could sell them, and there was was no call for it.
0: Now, surely you've overheard many conversations in your time at the store. I want to get your perspective. This is where I want to pull it in. The changing in the industries. I mean, rentals, that was helpful to people for a while because it was I didn't have to pay $35 for a two or three episode sub tape. But then we get things like Netflix coming in and we have the rise of subs and all sorts of things. What was the buzz around the store and how were things changing? How is it affecting Dragon Ball, but also everything else?
2: Well, you're exactly right. Uh, and if you would noticed, how many closed Blockbusters are there? How many closed Hollywood videos are yeah, there? Yeah. Now, Blockbuster tried to survive by switching over to essentially selling Netflix in the store. Which is interesting. Um, the big plus that a store has is it's convenient. If you're walking down the street, it becomes a place to go psychologically. It's cool to get out, walk around, see other people go someplace. It's physically pleasing to do that. Where if you say you're shut in all day and you get really kind of jaded, this is like what Mary was saying before the simple act of having to put the tape together, you know, it put value on it. Right. If you have to go and do something, you have to go through something to get it it puts value time is money exactly so you you instinctively are more excited about something that's a little rare so in a store, people would come, they would talk about it, they would mix back and forth, they would talk to people who were there, hey, have you seen this? People would talk to me and ask me if I've seen things, stuff like that. So there was a value added there. But over time, it started to get easier and easier and easier to get things in other ways, either legally or illegally. Mm-hmm. As that happened, there started to be less and less and less interest. So as stores were all across the country were you know losing money, the uh, same thing happened to me. But I remember a very, very specific conversation where I was at a small store like Mm -hmm. 640 square feet. And so I'm never more than about 20 feet at most away from people. I can hear people talking. Yeah. And one guy said, oh, this looks kind of interesting. And his friend leans over and says, oh, don't bother. I can just download that for you. In the store. In the store at complete conversational level where I could hear it. Right. And I was just, my first thought is, well, that's kind of rude. And my second thought is, damn, that's really (laughs) effing rude. But that was actually very, very typical. People would stop valuing it. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, they don't value me. They don't value, you know, my costs, and they don't value any sort of added benefit because you start getting AD&D or ad <laughs> You could. That was on the other shelf. <laughs> you start getting ADD where you just like constantly, I need to see the next thing, need to see the next thing, need to see the next thing. The problem with ADD is that you start to, you feel that the cure is defeated with more and more and more, mm-hmm. where the real cure is to step away, go outside, go camping for a weekend, you know, something like that. Did that answer your question? I'm not
0: sure. I think it did. (laughs) I I wanted to hear what those conversations were. And I think very well described how that changed
2: over time. That was one very specific one. But yeah, it went from, oh, this looks cool. Oh, have you heard of this? Wow, this is neat. Uh, To, well, I read a review online about that. And, you know, it's kind of, it was okay. The more information that we have, Mm -hmm. the less magic there is about something.
0: It's true. I've been hearing a lot about video games lately. I think there were some statistics on if a game has a trailer and or if a game has a demo comparing the sales of all these games sure and it sounded like the games that had only a trailer and no demo were the ones that did the best overall i mean it's a generalization and
2: there's a curiosity to it that's that's satisfied right i've downloaded lots of demos where i'll play it and i'll go like okay yep. yeah eh, mm, don't, don't really want to well for me it's like i get motion sick playing certain things oh, so sometimes sure. <laughs> it's a it's a good defense
0: And we've talked about how things have changed over time. The barriers are basically gone in today's world. Sure, you have to install a BitTorrent client, but it's easy enough for... It's
2: 30 seconds out of my day.
0: Right, exactly. You load it up before you go to work. When you come home, you will magically have an entire show if you want. Mm -hmm. There is no barrier to entry anymore. There's no, I mean, there's still a time delay, but it's a couple hours at most of a popular new show. It it just doesn't exist anymore. And for Dragon Ball, it was it was always on TV. You could watch it there. But was that the version you wanted to see? And then we had the VHS, but then we had the DVDs. Now we have the ripping groups coming in. It's a completely different world now. Bring it over to Funimation. They have things like streaming and multicasts. Uh, You know, One Piece went through a, big fiasco just recently where they put it on their server too early and people figured out the url and they were able to get the episode and distribute it now they're back to doing relatively concurrent simulcasts of the show this is what's going on with the modern stuff i mean funimation is really the leader with full metal alchemist and also one piece as well it's interesting that dragon ball kai does not have this going on mary let me ask you do you think Funimation has so much invested in their cast and their music. Would a Dragon Ball Kai, Japanese-only, release from them? Would that just get them too much backlash,
3: almost? Not backlash, but it wouldn't be worth it to them. And the fans of a version like that is such a niche audience- I mean, I have to imagine that the dub audience is like unbelievably, you know, eclipsing, you know, people like us and our interests.
0: Above and beyond.
3: And plus, it's their cash cow. I mean, yeah, Full Metal Alchemist is popular and all, but it's no Dragon Ball, so Mm -hmm. why bother with, you know, a simulcast of Kai when you can milk it for all it's worth years down the line?
2: Oh, so it's for that reason, so they can get more money out of it later. I think they want to wait until they can dub it. I think so, too. I think that's the main reason.
0: Let's talk about excuses for downloading. We've had a lot of, uh, Descriptions of what was going on. You know, we had the VHS fan subs are still coming out while Funimation is releasing it. The excuse of the time was, well, sure, Funimation's putting it out. It's dub only. And above that, it's only censored. We don't have an uncut release. Then we got an uncut But still dub-only release, the excuse was, well, it's not subtitled and it doesn't have the original music. I still can't see it the way the Japanese saw it, the way I want to see it. Then we got the DVDs and there were plenty of excuses like, well, the episode count per disc is too low. I can get a better value elsewhere. Does that sum up Dragon Ball Scout? What else did you hear from people? What were their excuses?
2: Well... Unfortunately for me, the excuses just kept kind of backing up to the point where I thought, what you're doing is you're justifying getting stuff as cheap as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, If if I may, I'll jump into kind of my, my definition of ethics. Sure, and it goes all the way back to ancient Greece. Comes from ethos, which is showing moral character. Mm -hmm. So you know, all of our discussions are based around that. If you take a look at at a society, you know, like you look at a medieval society, that's the easiest way to look at it. Back then, you had everybody was a farmer because that's what we needed to do. Everybody, yeah, that's we don't have enough food, or you die. Then what you had is say, out of ten farmers, one person would learn how to be a blacksmith and make stuff. So then that person was helping the other people because you know they would give him a little bit of their food. In exchange for he makes shoes, he makes plows, he makes all that stuff. So you keep going and you have a modern society where all of us do something, we all add something to society, we all kick in, we all add to the society somehow and it works. Well, the way that we do that is with money. We don't Mm -hmm. have to do a barter system, we don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything specific. So we're willing to take our money to pay for something. If you're not paying for something, then you're leeching it. So I don't want to say this is exactly how I feel about it, it's kind of the extreme. Mm -hmm. So if you're not adding to something and you're leeching, what you have is what's what's called an entitlement attitude.
0: We've talked extensively yeah. about justifications and entitlement in the show. There's an entitlement complex, it seems.
2: A no entitlement attitude is someone who has, or it, it's something that somebody has when they say, I need to earn what I do, you know, what I get. An entitlement attitude is, you know, why should I work? The government's going to give me money. I'll just go on welfare. Mm-hmm. So to a degree, I mean, I know this sounds kind of extreme, but I'm saying, you know, if it's fandom saying, well, here's my excuse for this, here's my excuse, here's my excuse for this to me, that sounds so much like somebody going to the unemployment office and explaining why they just can't find a job. Right. That said, we do have over 10% unemployment. It's pretty legitimate right now. <laughs> That's right, right. But there's a lot of people that have that culture, the culture of leeching. I'll get by, whatever. I'm not hurting yeah. anyone. It doesn't matter what I do anyway. Whether I watch a show or I don't watch a show, I'm not affecting the society, so I might as well just buy it. Or just watch it, not, not even buy it. But whether or not it affects or not you're developing that attitude you're developing that mentality and you know if every kid did it everybody would uh, would go bankrupt so specifically about about anime and you're mentioning you know the essentially the excuses well think about it this way if something's not legally available does that give you the right to do whatever it takes to get it just because you want it so i'll i'll give you a suggestion or i'll give you give you an example unedited dragon ball right i'll give you another example cocaine Am I saying anime is drugs? Perhaps. I I don't understand. What's the difference? The point is, (laughs) is that, well, I can't legally get cocaine, but I want it. So therefore, I'm justified to do, to to get it illegally. Now that's the extreme. I'm going to stop you right there. Sure. And I'm going to pull it over to Jeff. On all the shows that we do, which are at
0: least three in any given bi-weekly schedule, mm-hmm. you are...
1: The one with the least amount of morals. Go ahead and say <laughs> it. That's fine. You, that's fine. Are, I'll take it.
0: You've come out and said, I, I'm I'm the pirate of the group. Pretty much. Time to time. Mm-hmm. Whether it's music or old video games or even anime in some cases. Mm-hmm. So you've heard this side of things and the entitlement and the justification. You're not so much interested in Kai. So maybe that's not the best example. But what What's your response to all that?
1: I know, I absolutely agree with every single thing said. Mm-hmm. And um do
0: as I say not as I do? No, it's not like that. Okay. Um
1: because yeah, this is definitely going to sound like excuses. So bear with me, Scott. Sorry. <laughs> uh but there's a show the car that... outside was stolen, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a show that I'm following right now. The way that it's working is, you know, because things are being produced digitally, then you have to have uh, a hard drive space to be able to contain the stuff. Uh in my current situation, I really do not have any space left. So keeping anything downloaded on my computer is like not even going to happen. So especially if I love a series, then I'm going to go out and buy it. There's no question about it because if if I see that there's hard work being put into something that I enjoy, then it's only fair that I go out and buy the stuff.
0: So you're doing the try before I buy it justification.
1: It's the, it's the online rental without paying thing. <laughs> okay. So it's like, you know, there are, uh, cause where else am I gonna get it at this point? And because it's too easy, and, and I think that's really the, the issue, uh, the fact that it is too easy to get it, but it's so easy to justify it, which is like the kind of retarded thing in a way, right? Like it just sort of stinking mm-hmm. its own tail sort of way. But at the same time, uh, I still plan on going and buying it, so there's still some moral capacity left there, but it's <laughs> just like the, it's, it's still just an excuse. You're saying
0: way. I, I'm not entirely evil.
1: I wouldn't wanna think of myself is evil because I am eventually going to spend money to get it. Okay. But if I don't know what it is, and I don't get a trailer, and I don't get anything, anything to really sell it to me,
2: then I'm not going to buy it anyway. Stop. Yeah, but retort. Well, before I get hate mail, uh, I was just trying to illustrate, <laughs> I'm trying to illustrate the extreme. Sure. You know, sure. which is, you know, this this is legal. Now, if you go into my house, will you find some fan subs? Yeah, I mean, I got Marmalade Boy fan subbed. Uh, you know, I went to conventions. You know, yeah. b- before they had anything. You know, of course. Um, but the, the idea here is that you really have to understand that that's what you're doing. You are rationalizing. It's not legally right. The reason I make a point of that is there are a lot of people who don't know that.
0: We've talked that's about that. really don't know. So true. If you delete it within 24 hours, ROMs, that kind of uh, uh, This, oh, that this goes right. all the
2: way back. Have either of you guys ever seen Laserdisc demo copy? No. By a VHS tape from a store. It's a VHS copy of a Laserdisc and it's set on the side laserdisc demonstration. And the idea is it was demonstrating the quality of the laserdisc. It's perfectly legal. It's perfectly legal to make a copy of something on a laser disc on a VHS. To demonstrate the superior copy. Now, uh, any any techie people in the room <laughs> <laughs> understand how negative sense this makes, but that's what they were actually telling people. So yeah, there's rationalization up and down. So the real question is, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm really really afraid of is, uh, well, let me jump into porn. <laughs> All right, <laughs> okay. Um, right. You got it. Okay. About 20 years ago, you didn't have too much problem with kids getting a hold of porn because if you went to a store, there was a guy there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, Mike? Are you, am I guessing the right age? <laughs> yes. Be that as it yes. may. Now, you go online, you can get it, right? It's a different culture there. Mm-hmm. Before, if you wanted to bootleg stuff, you had to go into a pretty skeevy place. You had to show your face. You had to show your face. That's right. And then you were probably talking to someone who was kind of skanky, or you're buying bootleg at a convention and stuff like that mm-hmm. so just like pornography where it was very clearly and very obviously a dangerous and bad thing to do now it's like well you can go online you can you know click 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 uh, sorry mary i don't know if you knew that that there's porn on
3: Oh my God! <laughs>
2: on the web, <laughs> is that what all
3: those billions of pages are?
2: Yes, <laughs> I mean, something else up this
3: taking space in the, the tubes of all internet. the
0: porn and there's Centro, yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> And I think TV Guide. Well, which is half porn, but um, yeah. So so that's some of the difference. It's just that it didn't exist. It wasn't there. People didn't perceive it that way. So there's a lot of people who have those justifications floating around. Now take this out another five years into the future, mm-hmm. and you're either going to have no companies whatsoever, or they're going to have to swim against the tide, find a way to still make enough money to pay for for making the product mm-hmm. while people can instantaneously get it for free with no one being able to stop it. Yeah,
3: the- people have to not be able to make justifications anymore. Well, that's the thing. This is the tech dirt perspective, which is, mm-hmm. well, business models change.
0: Business models evolve. Of course. Why should someone, be it the government or whatever, prop up your business model just because you cannot adapt to the changing times. So Funimation is, I say, leading the pack now with these simulcasts and trying to do something with their blogs and their Twitter stream and getting involved with the community and all the conventions. Somehow there seems to be this symbiotic relationship because they have Dragon Ball. They're able to make the money to do all this other stuff. And Viz has Naruto. So is it just because they have these two shows that these two companies seem to be able to fund these other endeavors to further their other business. I don't even know how to clearly state it.
1: Well, no, is Disney doing anything like this? No.
0: Uh, they just bought Marvel. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> That—that's something.
2: Right, it's something, but we—we we have yet to see the proof of this. Marvel owns Akira. There's yeah, your that's, that's true. That is true. <laughs> well, ethically speaking, does it make sense that you should that you can justify breaking into a store and stealing stuff in order to encourage them to improve their security? <laughs>
3: trip, trip. <laughs> I was just trying to prove a
0: point. <laughs> Let me take it over. We'll stop I'm there. an agent of evolution. Pull it over <laughs> to related <laughs> industries. We have video games, CDs. Something I really want to talk about are the manga scanlations. Now, if people are familiar with the Viz translation by now, things changed over time. It kind kind of ended up a little more censoring and changing the names and stuff. People have, again, this is modern era, Use this as a justification to go back and scan the original Japanese version, do their own new translations of Dragon Ball, and release these online. Mary, how do you feel about this? Knowing what we know about the Viz translation now and toward the later end of the series. Mm-hmm. And-
3: For some reason, I think the manga more than the anime, I can see why people would justify it more I don't know why I feel that way. Really, like, I could see people being more angry over the manga than the anime, which is weird. But I get very pissed off at the prospect of scanlations mm-hmm. almost more than the digi subs. I don't know why. I'm just going by my gut feeling. But I do guess you, with do the you case, buy the justification, I do and I don't. I mean, yeah, I would be pissed off too because I think a manga re-release properly redone is far less likely somehow, than an anime re-release done properly, right? Sure. I, I see you guys shaking your fingers and yeah. nodding. Excellent point.
0: You think this is true? You think it's less likely for Viz to do an uncensored Dragon Ball release than, well, Funimation is doing the Dragon
2: Ball. It's <laughs> yeah. just about, just so, about to well, say, I, think, I don't know, let's look at history.
3: I think it also has to do with the willingness of Company X versus Company Z. I sure. think Funimation is a lot more willing. <laughs> company Z. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Padded letter. I think Funimation has you know, learned their lesson over the years and has been more willing to listen to fans. Viz on the other hand I think it's a tougher to crack just because people on this very show have been involved with editors from yeah. Viz, and even the editors themselves are like, "Yeah, these changes really suck. Nothing we can do about it."
0: And I'm going to go do other things now.
3: Yeah,
2: you got to prove that this is going to make the money. That this is going to be the better decision for them.
0: How do it, you do that today?
2: Well, it's like it's like we have the same system in the legal system. If you want to change a law, you can't just go up to someone and say, "Hey, this law is unjust. We have hey, to change it." Listen. Well, you you can do that, but it won't have any effect. So what you need to do is you need to take it to court. So if you remember the Roe versus Wade yeah, yeah. You know, case, okay, very famous case. Well, they, we're comparing Dragon Ball to this? I already brought in porn. All right. We might All as well right. have <laughs> legitimate <Reign>. sex. <laughs> So the point is, is that the, that case was not designed for someone to win a case. That case was designed to, to test the law. So our system works for the, for the law. It essentially has to be cost effective, which is time, effort, money, and all of that has to be worth it. Same thing for a company. If Viz, for a half a second said, we'll make more money doing it this way, they'll do it. Yeah. If they feel this will cost us money and we will not see an appreciable gain, I don't care how much you're, you're bitching at them, they're not going to do it. Yeah. So if you can illustrate that this is in your best interest, such as we have a petition to buy it, versus, well, here we are, releasing it properly translated online for free Fizz goes well clearly doing the same things not going to give us any money it's mm-hmm. already out there so I think that kills any thought of an unedited of an unedited manga coming out like just released really something for free and a business is not going to want to do it
0: let me talk about video games and uh, DVDs for a little bit legit things that I have purchased. From Japan and want to play in my home.
2: Dragon Ball movie one?
0: Uh, Maybe a couple copies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about that. The Dragon Box, it is region two only. Sure, I've got a Japanese PS2, but I don't like playing DVDs on the PS2 because it's a terrible DVD player. To watch those DVDs, there are a couple things I could do. I could hack the region coding on a DVD player, or I could rip them and break the CSS and maybe reburn them and play them. These are things I've legally purchased, but in order to watch these things, I have to break the DMCA, which is breaking the law. Jeff? I'm assuming you have no problem with this.
1: Why do you say that, Mike?
0: <laughs> this is the I'm not evil because I've purchased it perspective?
1: Well, no. I I think it depends on situation. Um, DVDs that I've had, I... Well, not anymore. I mean, Let's put it that way. In have, college, yes. You have
0: the R2s of Ava. <laughs> Yeah. You purchased those. Mm-hmm. To watch them in your home, you have to break the law.
1: Not quite. I bought my DVD player on, uh, without a region code. So am I at fault for buying a, a regionless DVD player, or is the uh, vendor at fault for selling me one?
2: All right. Well, you've already broken the law because it's not for sale outside of that area so at some point is
0: that true or is that just we're right is that true because that's
2: it's it's not law it's regulation okay which Ah. is different Mm -hmm. But that's, that, that's where that line is crossed. So it's like, well, I've already done that. Now I'm going to do other things in right. order to, you know, sure, like, sure. right. But the question is, was it you? Was it the importer? Was it the, Did you they the enable my law I system? have no idea, but that's, that's what those are set up for. Now, mm-hmm. of course, if we want to talk ethics, it's, well, why the hell do we have those region codes anyway? That's and really it's, true. But a lot of it's to encourage, like, say, in Japan, when they released Mononoke Hime, mm-hmm. they released it in, in, English with the Japanese version sure. for like 25 bucks. That DVD was over $50 in Japan, mm-hmm. right? So Reverse they, import, they were it importing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, it's like, whoa. So that's one of the problems that you have there. They have those codes in there to protect the individual countries so that you don't suddenly have like, well, Taiwan's releasing it for a dollar, economy collapses. Right, right. That's what they're for. So what we are is we're working at, we're living in the fringe. We're not the mainstream person that that's intended for. Four, you're not going to have thousands and thousands of thousands of copies. You're going to have the oddball person like myself or you mm-hmm. import it because because we like that, right? However, we're still caught by the same yeah. regulation because it has to be, it has to hit everyone.
0: Let's talk about outside the U.S. X has a huge global fandom, not just Japan, not just the U.S people in all these other countries that are not served by Funimation, that aren't necessarily served by the AB group, they're not served by Toei, they still want to watch the show. I almost see this as a mirror of pre, or in the US pre, in, any anime industry. They kind of have the same thing going on over there. Should these people be denied watching the real version of Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball
2: at all? How do you feel about that? Anyone? Oh, it's it's entitlement. Yeah. You know, I mean, what gives you the right to have something? Just because something was created, now all of a sudden I have the right to see this. I have the right to see this unedited. I have the right to see this. Listen, we got healthcare problems in this country. I mean, you know, rights are rights are a big issue, but that's it really is
0: easy to say, though, that we should. Oh, like, I understand. We have to care about the healthcare and the homeless and the people. Mm-hmm. That that's such an easy argument to make, and I almost feel Fair like enough. that's a bullshit argument. Okay, because is watching a show the same as making sure my grandma doesn't die? I mean, it's not the, really the same
2: thing. What I'm saying is, is that people are linking those together. Like, I have the right to this. I have the right to that. It's a creative thing. Somebody worked on it somebody spent time somebody spent energy somebody somebody spent money art is not public it's okay. not something that was created by the government specifically to be distributed for free to everyone it is a business you don't have any more right to seeing unedited Dragon Ball as, well, I have the right to, you know, to buy Playboy at age 12 or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not we, you know, like I said, that's the extreme argument. Now, whether or not people feel that, well, we should have it. And so, you know, companies, man, come on, you guys would make money if you released it mm-hmm. and all that. That's another issue. But as soon as you start having, well, I have the right to this, all the rationalization makes sense. You know that would be the same if
1: you wanted an encyclopedia. Now you have the internet. There's no need to get an encyclopedia Mm. Um, because of this international linking with the internet. I don't see why uh, a Japanese uh, company that makes a show can't do an international simulcast with a charge on it. Get a lot of money off of that. I
0: mean, Slam Mm -hmm. Dunk. Mm -hmm. uh, They even involved with the Shaman King, the Yu Gi Oh. These these companies tried to get involved together and do this. It seems to me like the Japanese just can't cut it you yeah, don't know how to do it. And
1: I can't blame people for
2: feeling entitled because it's been given. Like, the, the thing is the... the you, you don't see any different. You, yeah. To a degree, you don't know any better. You're not encouraged to know any better. I mean, I know that if, if I want to get a girlfriend, I need to have an expensive car and drink beer. Television told me so. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, that, you know, that, you know, that's right. what you see mm-hmm. constantly. So if people are told, hey, you know, there's this uncut thing and, and they're, they're giving us this crap. They're giving us this crap. You know, we should have the original. We should have the original. It is so easy. To have that attitude because we are constantly told it's constantly being reinforced, and I'm not telling people are wrong for thinking that it's we're just doing what we're told to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're told spend money, be miserable, spend more money.
1: Oh yeah, that, That's what we're told to do. So it's kind of like the the doors open, we see the light, and now we're like, hey, look, there's this better model out there. You guys really should be following this, and but, so that entitlement kind of just comes out of that. Exactly,
2: you know, it's no one's fault yeah. if they have it, if they have and and an entitlement for that if they don't know any different. Mm-hmm, yeah. but that's why I was bringing up the example of of you know welfare and, and all all that sort of stuff because we can very clearly say, like, damn, that sucks. That's not really helping anybody anything. So it, it it's there, but whether or not you want to, you know, you want to look at it, it's, it depends on how important you put your entertainment on.
0: I want to get toward the end of this conversation. I have a couple quotes I'd like to go over here. Mm. The span of 10 years from Funimation. Jeff, do you still have the outline up there? Yes, I do. Would you like to play the role of Gen Fukunaga for me?
1: I I don't think I can pull off his accent, but I can try. <laughs> He's just an American. He's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell from that name.
0: <laughs> so, this interview comes to us from the Saiyajin's Pride page. Mr. Ed Gorgon, in 1997, this interview was re-hosted over on DBZ Uncensored. Ed asked Gen Fukunaga, will 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 the Japanese allow you to produce versions in Japanese with English subtitles?
1: No, they were very adamant on that. But they did allow us to take the first three movies and produce those in English and Japanese. These will probably be released in the late fall of 97 on home video.
0: And then later, in response to another question, Mr. Fukunaga, you said...
1: Yes, I understand. That's why here at Funimation, we are trying to produce a US version of DBZ completely unedited with the original music, only in English.
0: We talked about this with the season sets and all sorts of things. How many years did that take? This quote was basically false for about 10 years. Never once did they try to do this, or they interested in doing this. And
3: then by the time it came true there's no point in caring anymore right so
0: i have another quote here this is from july 2008 another interview with gen fukunaga on ActiveAnime.com. he says actually from our point of view it'd be much better for us if we could stop all the fan subbing we are definitely less interested in a title if it is out there illegally and free so yes it affects our decision
3: whatever is out there for free. Right, right. Exactly.
0: Drag them all included. I just think it's it's an interesting situation over the ten years where we're interested in doing this, and now we're not so much interested. Do his quotes line up? I, I think
3: sense? that first one was very weird. What, what do they mean the Japanese won't let them release the show in Japanese with subtitles? Like, now, Chris I mean, Sar- it's Toei, so I wouldn't put it past them, but it just seems well, that's like one of, that's... almost a BS excuse to, like, let's trick the American kids because they are not going to question it.
0: It's true. Stick with Toei. Chris Saro's in his analysis of the interview what he said was oh shit the three tv series were never released on home format in japan if funimation puts them out we're back to the reverse importing situation okay i can see on. that
3: so that could have been the situation That's like to the protect time. their own asses over in japan i guess right
0: right we've talked at length about ethics and fandom different situations different perspectives get some retail side of things got mr pirate over here talking about things as well we could probably go on for hours and i don't think it's uh we really want to do that to our listeners so i'm gonna go around and just get some final thoughts from people with regards to Dragon Ball the current situation what are your feelings what are your own justifications and where do you see it going Jeff, I'm going to start with you as uh, Mr. Borrowing My Manga.
1: Look, kids, don't do cocaine. All right. It, I mean, it was good for a while and, you know, you get some good entertainment out of it and things are fun. Then you wreck a car and then someone dies and, and you got to break up the band. It's just not worth it after a while.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Mary?
3: Oh, man. Do I, I don't know how I follow Ball. that up. I guess I'll have to talk about Dragon Ball. <laughs> 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 I guess at this point, there is absolutely no justifying bootlegging Dragon Ball anymore. I I mean, Kai is a gray area, because like you said, it's the only time that something's been coming out of Japan during the digital era. But as far as like, you know, Z as its own entity, we're getting the Dragon Box, we've had the single releases, we've got all these different versions. Any kind of excuses that people would make at this point... You're totally scraping the bottom of the barrel and frankly, I point to your forum and your 200-page thread or however long it is about the Dragon Boxes. Didn't quite get there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, just people saying why they think this product would suck or why they won't buy it. They really must be grasping at straws, like just trying to come up with why they won't buy this. Well, we
0: talked about this. Aren't the dub fans entitled to a proper release of What's a
3: proper show? release? They had the show on TV coming out day after day. You can call that a proper release. It was a dub when they were was- music whatever (laughs) all right and then they got it on dvd well we know where your loyalties lies with the japanese version yeah
2: fuck the dub good deal mr melzer i want to thank mary for making me not seem like the bad guy in this conversation
3: (laughs) i love to play the bad guy (laughs) i've gotten to be quite the cynic in my old age Anyway,
2: now my, my feeling is that you do have to be very careful. You have to be aware of what you're doing. You have to be aware of the consequences of your actions, whether we're talking about Dragon Ball or not. Now, I make fan parodies. I've made anime music videos. We all define, well, it's okay as long as I bought the original footage. Well, I'm pretty sure. We justify
0: sure. It for ourselves.
2: Yeah, we justify it for ourselves. I mean, I'm just as gray as anybody else out there. It's just, yeah, I mean, I know the rules. <laughs> I just came on to talk about them. As far as something like Dragon Ball goes, you know, Dragon Ball is made by two things, by a creator who loves to do it, but mostly by a company.
0: <laughs> I'd argue that. Well, okay, fair that? enough.
2: I think at one point he liked to, maybe three or four pages into the first volume, <laughs> then he forgot what he did and I right. just kept whipping him. And you also have a company that's trying to make money. As long as everything is in everyone's best interest, everyone is happy. Mm -hmm. The company is making money. You're buying it because it's a product that you love. Vote with your dollars. If it's something that you want, buy it. That tells the company to buy more. If you don't like what they're doing, you write to them and say, I am not buying this because it is this version. I would love to buy this if it was that version. Believe me, this works. And write it, send it in. Don't send it in an email. (laughs) Emails are so easy to delete and, and ignore. So, you know, vote with your dollars, but, you know, be very careful. If you're downloading, you're also voting with your dollars. You're saying, I don't care about new stuff coming out. It's like the Raroni Kenshin OAV that almost didn't get made. It was, yeah. co- it was co-funded by an American company. They looked at all the people who had bootlegged it before it even came out, and they said, screw this, we're not going to support this.
0: And talking about the second one that Watsky didn't even like.
2: Uh, I can't remember which one, because okay. I knew from the business side, I never watched right. it. <laughs> okay. But that was the it. idea. It was, it was manga entertainment that was actually footing two-thirds of the, of oh, the okay. bill on it. The problem is, is if an American company is looking at this, stuff and saying there's, there's too many downloads we're not supporting it yeah yeah what we do directly affects what gets made sure what we download today affects what gets made next year I and mean, you can even put a company like studio ghibli out of business
0: all right jeff you got something else to say
2: yeah um actually i
1: mean because i'm agreeing with everything scott's saying it's, it's- do buy cocaine
2: <laughs> Do No,
1: um, rebuttal. Pirate your um, cocaine. Well, no, the, the thing is, um, at the same time, while being in everybody's interest, the, if the, the fans have to realize that uh, if something is wrong and, and they feel it's wrong, then absolutely I agree with Scott. They have to contact the company, let them know they're not going to pay for this and be mature about it. That's like you could send in an angry email and I'm sure they get plenty of those.
2: They get defensive and they ignore it. Totally. Yeah. Unless I mean, it's written by a lawyer.
1: Yeah, It's like, if you, if, uh, if I wanted to get somebody to be on our show, Mike, on our music show, yeah, yeah. I'd totally send out just a blanket request like the nicest person. I, uh, so far, 100% responses have been positive. The nice so, I ones, mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just been, it's been extremely positive because we're presenting it in that way. You can't abuse good stuff is really what it is. I mean, it, you gotta be responsible about this and just think about what you're doing. Uh, at the same time, look, if, if the marketplace is changing, companies better see that. And listen to their uh, to their fans when they say, look, you better get with the times and find another avenue for this market, because uh, if they're going to be losing, I mean, great example is the Internet. If they're going to be losing money because of this free market, then they might have to join before they just lose their ship entirely.
0: I have no idea what you just said, but I think I agree with you. Well, great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting an end to this discussion. I think the moral oh, oh, of the story. But
3: I, want, I want to know your feelings. <laughs> oh, right. I don't Definitely. Forget about say health. anything,
2: dude. Uh, Search your feelings, Mike, and tell us what is true.
3: To bring
0: it back to Dragon Ball specifically, I I think we've done what we've preached, and I think that's been the right thing, is bring it back to those orange brick sets. We bought one. We gave it a fair shake. We reviewed it. We flat out said what the factual problems with it were, why we were not going to continue to support it. Tried to make that as clear and professional as we could. And look where we are now. We have Dragon Box versions coming out. We were more than happy to pre-order that. And I I think pre-orders, we were talking about the KOR releases. That speaks volumes. When you're already paying for something before it's even out, speaks volumes from me to them,
2: I hope. That's more likely that another show coming out in the future is going to come out that way. Sure. So if all of a sudden these companies see... Holy crap! The number one selling thing in the country is these new Dragon Boxes coming out. They're unedited. They're the original four by three. They're Japanese. They're the, the, the whole. They're 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 perfect. They're back to the masters. Wow! People actually care about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's release it that way. Let's do it that way. They think we need to have the cut down on TV edited version. That's going to sell the most. Prove well, them wrong. We'll get that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's where I'm leaving it. Let's prove them wrong. Hopefully, the product is what we want it to be. So maybe this is a pro Dragon Box discussion disguised as ethics and fandom but vote with your
2: wallets and vote often
0: the discussion is now over we would love to hear what you guys have to say we have a forum thread for every episode we also have an email address we'll uh, read some comments next week on the show podcast at diezx.com in the meantime let's close it off with september's releases some emails and some donation stuff september fifth. Speaking of things we have always wanted and are finally getting, Dragon Ball season one from Funimation contains episodes one through thirty-one. Yes, that is episodes one through thirteen, subtitled in Japanese on a home format in the U.S. Remastered more like the GT sets than the Z sets. Uh, the DVNR is toned down. It's a progressive encode. Very good stuff. Five discs, four by three aspect ratio. MSRP is forty-nine ninety-eight. You can still get the thirty six ninety nine pre-order price over on Amazon. We don't know about Dragon Box releases for the original Dragon Ball, so we'll stick with this for now. Also that same day, those individual releases of the Bardock and Trunks TV specials from Funimation, these are confirmed to be the same print from that double feature release in February 08, uh the cropped remastered version. MSRP 998 a pop, but if you want to get them, you're better off getting the double feature, which is still in stock many, many places. Jeff, a couple days later, the 18th over in Japan.
1: You've got Dragon Ball Kai Blu-ray single disc volume one. That's uh, Kai episodes one through three. And it's a four by three aspect ratio and high definition. Sort of does make sense.
0: No, no, it's four by three does not have to be standard definition. You can have a high definition yeah, you, four by three aspect. You
1: ratio. could with no, there's no
0: nah, nah, about it. You can. <laughs> and that's what this will be.
1: Whatever. 3,045 <laughs> yen MSRP, but you can get it for 2,900 yen. Uh, if you pre-order at CD Japan, or uh twenty two hundred and thirty two yen if you pre-order at Amazon Japan.
0: Same day, another version of this.
1: This is the sixteen nine aspect ratio. On D V D on D V D instead. It's so weird. Okay. Um that's a crop standard edition though uh 19.95 MSRP yen and a 19.90 yen pre-order at CD Japan or 15.61 yen if you pre-order at Amazon Japan.
0: Mary, you would kill me if I gave this to you. Yes, because I always get this one. So I'm going to give this over to Scott. You have the pleasure of finishing off one of our releases.
2: On September 23rd, Wednesday, Dragon Ball Z Volume 37 in the nearby country of Spain <laughs> will reduce the R2 PAL to disc set. It is called La Saga Début. The final volume in the DBZ TV series for this release, episodes 285 to 291, uh, you can get it for €24.95, euros, and you can go to zonadvd.com, otherwise known as zonadvd.com, <laughs> and I have no idea why this is in French. <laughs> <laughs> Shipped through all sorts of accents there. Tried to hit Italian, too, but I couldn't make it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Spanish releases, finally done with the ZTV series. Very exciting for those of you over there. Uh, we've still got some September to hit through as we move through it, so let's go to some emails. My email man, would you like to read this one here from Jerry, please?
1: You know, I think I'm offended enough. I'm going to leave.
0: All right. Can you
1: still (laughs) read it before you (laughs) go? Sure, I'll do that. Uh, Jerry says, I'm watching the orange brick, and when Raditz was introducing himself to Goku and company, he said the Saiyan homeworld was destroyed three years ago. So I thought, hmm, that doesn't match up with the Bardock special at all. So what I'd like to know is, is this a dumb mistake or one of the many, many plot holes? What was said in the original Japanese version?
0: Well, the point I would like to make first of all is, if you're watching this on the orange brick set, Japanese version is a button press away. You could have just switched over to the Japanese version, and we wouldn't have to answer the question for you. However, since you sent it in to us, I'm going to tell you what happened here. This is a carryover from the original 96 dub from Funimation, where Raditz says three years ago. The problem we addressed this in our uh, giant manifesto on the state of releases, the Ultimate Uncut Edition, unfortunately the majority of the script was just recycled from the original dub from about ten years earlier. And some mistakes were fixed, where Gohan has aged a year or so, I think. Uh, But this is still in there. If you switch it over to the Japanese version, Raditz doesn't give a date. He just says that their planet was destroyed with no timely information in there. But let's take it over to Daizenshu 7 with the timeline. If you want some exact information, the Frieza and Saiyans shenanigans that all went down in age 737. This is a big date. Now, Goku is born, the planet gets exploded, boom, etc. Now, Raditz arrives on Earth on October 12th. In age 761, we have an exact date there. Therefore, it's been about 24, 25 years. Not three years since the planet has exploded. That would mean Goku grew up and went through the entirety of the Dragon Ball series in three years, which did not happen.
3: I'm just surprised that they let an error like that slip through even as recently as the uh, orange brick disks. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Crazy. Now, I don't have this added to the Dub Mistakes page in the rumor guide. I absolutely have to add this and uh, throw in this information. This one I totally glossed over and completely forgot about. I think it's a good addition. I will read the uh, last email we're going to do here from our buddy Chris. And I'm going to get some thoughts from Mary from the TV perspective. Scott, you as well, because I know you've seen these. <laughs> and Jeff from the manga perspective. Chris says, Chris here again. I hope your extra long weekend was fun. I caught your podcast on Kai and have a few thoughts on the subject of cut episodes, specifically the Gohan and the robot, Gohan and the dinosaur, Gohan and the orphans, etc. cetera. A recurring theme there. I always felt these Gohan-centric episodes were a lot of buildup that pretty much came to nothing. They're supposed to show Gohan getting stronger mentally and emotionally, okay, and physically, but in the end, when Vegeta and Nappa show up, he's still a crybaby who freezes up at critical moments. Die! <laughs> thank you Scott. in other words since their outcome contradicts what toriyama wanted to do with the character so it's Probably for the best that they were discarded. Oh, by the way, I've been watching Dragon Ball Season 1, and the DVD credits on all the discs thus far, I'm on the 4th, list Mr. Steve Simmons as responsible for the Japanese translation. So there are probably new subs on these discs, a la the Orange Bricks. Of course, it's possible someone made a mistake and Mr. Simmons only did the first 13 eps, I can't verify, since the only Dragon Ball set I have... Previous to this is the Tenshinhan saga. Hope this is helpful. First off, I'm going to answer your second question first. I uh, shot Steve an email and asked him, hey, did you sub Dragon Ball? And uh, no, he did the tournament episodes, which would be the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai. He didn't do the first 13, and he didn't do anything after that. Clyde did the entirety of the rest of the Dragon Ball TV series. So this is actually mis- crediting on the discs. Clyde is totally getting the shaft on these episodes. So Steve did did part of it, not the entirety of it. Be interesting to see with season two onward, if uh, they correct it over to uh, the proper credits for Clyde. Bastards. Right. So, Jeff, I saw you shaking your head and fist along with Chris's email here. Are you all about uh, Gohan and removing these scenes and contradictions? And they
1: don't amount to anything. You don't think so? They. I. Well, I'm agreeing with Chris. He's still a crybaby, and it, it it drives me nuts right now. I I gotta say, it drives me nuts. I mean, I know where his spotlight moment is. I've seen those episodes. I know where in the manga it's gonna happen. Just hasn't gotten there yet. But anything uh, anything with Gohan right now, it's kind of like he's supposed to have. Uh, God, the power level of nobody. Well, like, we're in, specifically
0: talking about the Saiyajin arc here, yeah. but you're saying the entirety of the rest of the story as well? Yeah, because I mean, it's just like, I, I
1: don't know, It's it's been a build up to nothing. I think he phrases it perfectly. I'm just kind of right now saying, look, if they don't include those episodes, then so be it. The manga didn't either.
3: Okay. How about you guys who've seen the TV version? you have any thoughts on that? I think this was a really good point, And honestly, this never even occurred to me before, as scary as that is. I always thought a lot of those Gohan filler episodes were cute, and I always just assumed it was character development episodes. But at the end of the day, yeah, uh, Vegeta and Nappa show up, and Gohan acts as if nothing ever happened at all. And like, the filler think- episodes didn't even count on so mm-hmm. many levels. That's a really good point. So I think, you know, on an entertainment level, some of those filler episodes are fine. But yeah, they're fairly worthless.
0: We think of those moments where after his dinosaur friend is killed, as that epic shot of him walking slightly away towards the camera with tears streaming down his eyes, but he's holding his head high and you now he's gotten through this moment. But in the end, he doesn't fire at Napa when he gets smacked out of the sky, he runs away behind a rock.
2: Well, it, there's, there's two sides of me. There's the one that says like, yeah, that doesn't move it forward, but who knows whose fault it is. You know, sure. maybe somebody writing the manga forgot, you know, or, <laughs> or whatever, you know, but the other side of me is, well, it's the purest side. That's well, these episodes were made, I can decide whether I want to discount them in my own mind. That brings it but back to our
0: discussion on A canon, canon yep. canonical, right. canonocity. Yeah,
2: right. You know, whether it's filler or not. Well, the episodes were made. If you want the complete Dragon Ball experience, it's going to be what you define it as. If you want the complete episodes you'd better put them in there. Mm. I, for one, want to have access to them, and I'll pay for them, especially if it's in you a know, box set where they're relatively inexpensive. Right, right. But then I can decide whether or not I want to count them in my own mind. I think I'm with
0: you, where they were made, and I enjoyed watching them. I don't think, in the end, it contradicts it too much, because we do have the moments where Gohan does buck off and get back in the game. He's- but that
3: wasn't as a result of filler
0: episodes. No, it was... I don't know, was it? I mean, I'm thinking of the scenes where Goku has started fighting Vegeta and he tells the other two to go off. They look back and they see the fake moon and Gohan is the one who says, I'm going back. And Krillin is like, no, you're crazy. What are you doing? You're just going to get yourself killed. But Gohan is off there. Was it the result of These filler character developments? No, it can't be, because it's following the manga. True, true, it can't be. But I think it still works. I don't think it detracts too much, but I can
3: definitely see where Chris is coming. I'm definitely going to look at (laughs) those early episodes a lot differently now. That's
2: not the only example of that type of thing in the show, of course. There are other things... I mean, do you ever see Goku and Piccolo drive after that episode? No. (laughs) No? I mean, there's plenty of that. So you just have to say, listen, this is an artifact of the format. This was a weekly show. They kept coming out. You know, there's going to be stuff like that, but they don't want to come flat out and say, imaginary story, this did not happen.
0: All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, all that good stuff, Mary really sending it on over to.
3: Send your emails on over to podcast at com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at d-a-i-z-e-x for
0: those of you watching us in the uh, chat, the live stream, you know about our Twitter and Facebook pages as well, you can get all that information on the homepage of the site, I think on the right hand side we got buttons for all that good stuff so before we finish up the show for good let's take care of this donation stuff I definitely want to give my shout-outs to all the people I know have been behind on yeah, the naming. You did
3: some uh, spring cleaning, as it were, with That's all this right. stuff.
0: <laughs> Spreadsheets are all up to date. Everything is accounted for. So I would like to give credit where credit is due. Some of them have been sort of named on the site. The reviews that we've done for CDs, the uh, written reviews list, who they are. But I would like to name some of the ones that have not necessarily been mentioned. We're going to start with the Dowling Memorial Character Guide. That is the super exciting guide, the character volume That was reviewed on podcast episode 176. At the same time, the A.J. Kenlon Memorial Story Guide. The uh, super exciting guide, the story volume there. Next thing up is the Sailor Spaz Memorial, Frieza Memorial CD. I think we did mention that one on the show. Uh, That was episode 175, also reviewed on the website. The uh, Maximum the Hormone CD. Here's one that I just named the other day. It's been our word of the day, I think. The Lewis Memorial Chippy CD. And I had to look up the word chippy to see if it ends in an I-E or a Y. It means whore, prostitute. This was our review of the Sherry Romanticu Ageru Yo CD single, also on episode 175, written on the website. The other two items to name are the Draco Star Home Memorial Dragon Soul CD, the opening theme to Kai. We did that on 177 and the website. And then the Elliot Memorial Yabrake yeah Carebreak Care Break CD, reviewed on episode 181 and also on the website. A couple people I want to give shout-outs to who didn't necessarily get an item named after them, but this stuff is important too. So I'm going to call this the Memorial Shipping and Associated costs awards to these people these are going out to Jeremy, Robin, and Sebastian for the contributions that covered uh, shipping for prizes and shipping on uh, maybe some CD Japan orders, that kind of stuff very, very big thanks to all these people it makes a really, really big difference that we can get these things in timely, absolutely Scott's given a hand oh, no. Woo! <laughs> thank you, thank you I'm saying thank you on their behalf, not for me uh it, it makes a big difference we can get things done faster and more timely and speaking of i want to give thanks to everyone who's been buying things on cd japan we got the referral credit next week on the show here's where i'm tying this in to the end of the episode we are going to review the kai soundtrack which was listed as volume one but doesn't say volume one on the actual release and it came with a box that holds three CDs and the picture on the back says to put in the CD singles. So whether or not there'll be future volumes, I don't know. We'll talk about that next time. Also, the Power of Dreamer CD single. This is the vocal opening theme to Tenka daiboken performed by Hiroki Takahashi, reviewing two CDs next week on the show, and hopefully I'll get the written reviews up in a relatively timely fashion along with the audio episode next week with the sound samples and all that good stuff. So folks, I know we haven't mentioned this in a while. We're not going to mention it every episode, but if you are interested, we still are looking to have some things covered like the rest of the hosting for the year and some other associated things. Check over on the website. Check the donate button. I will say no more of it this episode. I would like to give thanks to all the folks here speaking with me right now. Jeff, I know you got to go do some crazy shit tonight. Yes, I do. So uh, we're about on time for that. Sweet. I don't know how we manage that, but timing, man. Thank you.
1: How do we record an episode that's like exactly 120 minutes and then before that was an episode exactly 100 minutes?
0: (laughs) Did you notice that the VG Combos episode was about a minute off of what the previous VG Combos was?
1: I'm telling you.
0: I don't know how we do this.
1: Guys have internal clocks too. That's That's what it is. We
0: do. It has nothing to do with eggs. Nope. It has to do with podcast recording. Exactly.
1: Podcast. Men have podcast timings in (laughs) their heads. To
0: make babies.
1: <laughs> I need to make the podcast, podcast babies. <laughs> podcast babies.
0: Jeff, what do you want to plug before you get out of here?
1: Uh, Low Fidelity, of course, at lowfidelity.info. Uh, you can check out episode 27, which is up there right now. Episode 28 is coming. It should be out tomorrow, I hope. Uh, okay, excellent. And know, yeah. yeah,
0: Brad's totally pissed at you that you didn't have it out for his trip.
1: Yeah, well, Brad was chatting with me as I was editing it. <laughs> so I'm going to blame him for now.
0: <laughs> All right. Plug the other one. It's out.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, VG Convos. It's also about to came out, what, 9909? You they made sure- the deadline. So that was uh, our talk on the Dreamcast, which was awesome.
2: Yes, it was a lot times. of fun.
1: Definitely worth checking out VGcombos.com. I'm
2: gonna have to check that out. I'm a I'm a big Dreamcast fan. It's right. awesome. Scott, thank you for joining us you're welcome. I just hope I don't get a whole lot of hate mail. <laughs> I was like halfway through and I'm like, wow, all this stuff I'm saying sounds really negative. Your hate mail's from fans, my hate mail's from companies. I think you're in the better <laughs> boat here. Oh no, I'll start getting from companies <laughs> as long as I don't get them from the SEC. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it's, mm, that wasn't supposed to be funny. Um, what oh, have I got to plug? Yes. Well, I'm also in a fan parody group. Excellent. We make fan parodies. Our next fan parody we uh, need a whole lot of help on. We're really at the very beginning and we're doing a lot of scripting uh, and ideas. We know what we're going to do. It's going to be a goofy, fun one, rather than like a seven-year project like the last couple. Right. And uh, you can join us on a forum. I guess you will put this in the show notes. Sure. Uh, what you looking at? It was nonday dot com or whatyoulookingat looking at. Nande. Do you remember? I, I, All right. I, we'll look it up and we'll put it in the show notes. But um, yeah, we're looking for some help with some uh, naming ideas, script ideas, and how that's connected to Dragon Ball is it's uh, kind of about a group of fans who are really ticked off at the different ways that Dragon Ball are being released when they know that they have the Dragon Box footage and uh, madness ensues. So kind of a little bit of fanboys, a little bit of real life excellent
0: thank you very much we'll see you again in uh not 190 well you were there for the movie review as well
2: well whenever you want me back uh you next time it. give me a happier topic and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 it'll sound sound less uh less crazy
0: absolutely we'll put you in on some other reviews mary
3: hey i thought this episode was plenty happy but i like getting my hate on so <laughs> it's all good you want to plug anything Um, You did VG Combos. I did. And it was awesome. I have renewed love for the Dreamcast, and I need to play um, some Seaman. But I think (laughs) that's... I think that's Andrew's copy.
2: Seaman and women do not mix. <laughs> Talking about sailors?
3: <laughs> can you tell me where I can find some sailors? What right.
2: kind of sailors? So
3: between that The kind who wear short skirts. <laughs> Temple of Trunks. That's right. I actually just renewed my domain name the other day. So another year of Temple of Trunks it is. Existing. Uh, T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S dot com. Thank you is a him. site
0: excellent good times enjoy it all right jeff you gotta go yep i gotta edit thank you all for joining us myself my name is mike vegeto ex you can find me and julian julian and i -i www.daizex.com he promises me lyrics for power of dreamer we'll see if he has those in time for the review next week so for jeff bye for mary Bye. For Scott.
2: Sayonara.
0: My name is Mike, Vegito EX. We will see you next week.
2: We're getting quiet again. That's because we're not talking like this. No one should ever talk like this. <laughs> no one ever. Never. Do the
0: podcast.
2: Woo-hoo-hoo. All right.